Welcome to another episode of Vacation Rental Insiders Podcast. It's time to learn from Ryan and Lucas how to become a short-term rental property host and start a successful vacation rental business. Get ready to learn and be the best host you can be. And now your hosts, Ryan and Lucas. Hey, this is Ryan. And this is Lucas. Welcome back to another episode of Vacation Rental Insiders. We've got a special treat for you today. We've got a guest in studio with me here in Minneapolis. We have finally convinced one of our actual owners to come in and talk about what it's like to have a property of theirs, airbnb by one of us, namely me. Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks. Hi, all. Yeah, so Tom owns some rental property in a little burb here in Minneapolis that we call Maple Grove. Um, it's a three-bedroom home. It's quite quaint and uh, we think cozy. Now, Tom, your rental ownership history uh, is a little over a decade, right? Yes. Okay. And over that period of time, um, I've always been your manager, right? Yes. Okay. So basically what we've been doing throughout this whole podcast, especially back at the beginning when we talked about ways in which an individual could get in this business, uh, we talked about rental arbitration, we talked about rental management, and we talked about doing Airbnb or VRBO in the properties you own and being your own manager. Now, Lucas is our manager extraordinaire. Every property right. is basically his uh, under his management. Um, I'm the rental arbitration expert. Um, because with you and other owners, uh, what I do is I am the Airbnb listing owner in properties that guys like you own. Right. So, so for our audience, uh, what we're sharing today is what is it like for the owner to now have us be running an Airbnb inside of their property? Now I didn't always do Airbnb with you, right? Right. So you like I mentioned before, you've got about twelve-ish years of owning rental. Um, one of the things that I like to share with you guys as listeners is that the sales pitch that you would make to a rental property owner to allow you to do rental arbitration at their home and be a listing owner is that there's going to be some some changes in the way the properties run now. I've already said all these things in previous episodes, so let's just do it organically here with Tom. Tom, what are you? <laughs> what what happened every time people moved out at your houses? Yeah, so when I bought my places, I really uh, you know expected to do the the normal thing, which is I want to get tenants in, I want them to stay a long time, and uh, you know turn them over and just rent like a normal landlord. Um, and I didn't want to have to deal with a lot of the problems, which is one of the reasons Ryan got involved, he would manage the properties. Um, and we've had some success in having long-term rentals, uh, meaning people that stayed year after year after year. Um, we've had other failures in having people flip, you know, every year you get a new tenant yeah, and end up with a, a vacancy. So one of the problems you have renting out a unit is how much vacancy are you going to have? You know, they you know, they can say nationwide averages is like 4% or 8% or whatever, but it depends a lot on your location and your property. So vacancy is one of the things you have to deal with. And then um, when you do get a flip, even if it's a longer term, shorter term, you have to deal with whatever your tenants have done to your property 
while they were there. Mm-hmm. And unintentionally or not. Unintentionally or not. You know, they could just have just normal wear and tear. But you can get, you know, people who are careless. They put their fists through the wall. They rip doors off their hinges. They break things. Um, and, you know, whether they're fighting with each other, or whether they're fighting with the property, <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, you still have to deal with it as the landlord. Right. And uh, if you decide to, hey, I'm not going to give them all their money back, you know, that may or may not cover uh, your expenses. Well, our average rental uh, was right around 1300 1350 for those houses out there. Um, when you take in a security deposit of about $1,300 and you go through and you take a uh, 1,200 square foot house and you repaint the entire thing or recarpet the whole thing or yeah. um, any number of things. Let's say the kitchen faucet was wrecked and we didn't get to hear about it when it happened or the fridge is making a noise and it's got to get replaced. How how often did we quickly go past the oh, yeah. <laughs> security deposit? You know, security deposit money doesn't go very far. I mean, if you're going to paint an entire place, unless you do it yourself, you know, it's going to easily cost more than the security deposit. Sure. And and if you try to deduct some of that work from your security deposit, you still have the legal hassles of figuring out they're going to argue that they want the money and you're going to have to say no. And, and, and right. just doing that whole process is pain. And you just reminded me that we actually um, went through a bit of a debacle. We, we collectively as a group, Tom and I, um, we have had at least uh, three situations where there was a legal uh, element to the departure. Uh, two of them were eviction related in court to get an eviction Time consuming, money consuming, Tom's missing work. I'm not out making revenue. We're sitting in a courtroom. Okay. Right. The filing fees are negligible. They're they're there, but they're not, they don't amount to our time that's lost, right? Um, that's a battle. And then it becomes a negotiation in the courtroom. It's not really, it hardly ever goes to full judgment. It's more of a a meeting place where everybody finally takes each other seriously. And you have to sit and negotiate when they're going to leave and how much they're going to pay or not pay. Right. And Tom and I, unfortunately, as landlords and well, Tom being the owner, we we generally get bent over by the legal system because it does not favor us. So all you folks out there that are even remotely educated in the rental space and want to become a rental arbitration expert, if you are speaking to owners, uh, you have to remember this piece of it, that we as owners do not have the upper hand when it comes to rental laws, the tenants do. Correct. And they can squat in your house for uh, indefinite periods of time with legal loopholes. Uh, Let's say a minimum is easily stated at about 60 days nationwide, Mm -hmm. depending on the municipality with its rules, they could stretch that up to six months. Um, I've heard some horror stories out of California year, a year. And in the meantime, this guy over here has got to pay the mortgage, don't you? Got to pay the mortgage every your, month. Your bank <laughs> doesn't care what is happening with a tenant and how big of a jerk they're being to you. They they have no regard whatsoever for that. Um, so you get kind of stuck with the bill there. Now, let's go to the flip side of that. Um, let's fast forward to the, the property that um, I asked you two and a half years ago. Hey, hi, you've got a turnover here coming can I go Airbnb like I'm doing with a bunch of other properties in my portfolio? Um, now, 
two things happened. Number one, you, you agreed to terms with me. Mm-hmm. And what Tom and I did is we took, well, what were we getting for revenue in the first place? What was that number minus my normal fee? And we came up with a number that worked for Tom and worked for me. And then we set about rehabbing the property from the tenants that moved. Now, to be fair, guys, to all our listeners, I want to be very clear about what kind of tenants were moving out. They were long-term tenants. I've spoken uh, multiple times on this podcast about tenants that stay too long. They grow roots. Okay. These people didn't have roots. They had like trenches and a whole tunnel system. (laughs) They were 10-year tenants. They acted like they owned the house. They didn't care at some point. At some point, a long-term tenant will reach over a curve and they will get to a point of no return. They know darn well their deposit's gone. Well, these were those people. Right. Now, they were not terrible human beings, especially the wife. We were very fond of her. Um, They actually ended up getting a divorce. It's the only reason they moved. I will be honest with you guys. If they hadn't gotten divorced, they'd still be there today. Probably. (laughs) It'd be going on year 13. But anyhow, they're gone. Um, Tom and I teamed up to rehab the house. I'm a remodeler, as you all know. So I put my remodeling team on there in addition to my own uh, sweat equity as well. Uh, Tom ended up somewhere in the neighborhood of $13,000 on that turnover. Now, that's 10 years of revenue against 13 grand in rehab. Yeah, Some of you so are they like, basically, well, yeah, they basically took a year's worth of revenue right out of your pocket. Just <laughs> yeah. That's exactly it. They took a year's Ouch. worth of revenue. Now, yeah. one can argue we had 10 years with no turnover. Most rental property owners assume only 11 months to revenue per year. And Tom got 10 years of cush with no, <laughs> no breaks. So that was nice. And we, we did take the rent from a, a lower amount up progressively over the course of those years. Not as high as we probably should have, but we were being pretty nice to them because right. they just, they weren't going anywhere and they weren't forcing us to make a bunch of repairs either. They weren't saying, Hey, this carpet's six years old, get it out of here. They weren't doing that to us. They weren't shaking us down. Um, so we were, we were being nice to them and all that, but here's the point. You spent that 13 K um, you made that, that property look really nice. Now you and your wife have decided it's come time to liquidate the properties and move your investments elsewhere. So here we are uh, two and a half years later, the house has been Airbnb that, that whole time, which means I have professional cleaners coming in there almost weekly um, I think you just came across one of my statements there. They were in there yeah. seven times in the last 30 days. So professional cleaner, seven times a month, eight times a month on average, whatever. When you came in with your real estate agent, the house looked, how did it look compared to when you rehabbed it? It looked ready to show. Exactly. So the house was in the same shape as it was two and a half years earlier. Right. So you get a lot of advantages of of going the Airbnb route and, and, a lot of them is just related to the things we said. You don't have a turnover gaps where you have no mortgage or no rent. Mm-hmm. You don't have a people that are putting in lots of wear and tear because Airbnbers tend to be the kinds of people who will go in and not spend a lot of time there, not cook a lot of meals there. You know, they're mm-hmm. just there for sleeping, you know, correct? Like showering, correct. And you even know. if occasionally you get a family that is more homebody, it's only there for one little event, but they stay at home. Yep they're still aware that they're going to be reviewed on their stay. Yep. And the, and the place is being cleaned regularly. It's being taken care of. Um, and so, and you don't have the legal hassles of, you know, people who won't leave and you ha- won't pay you. 
Um, so you really get a lot of benefits from doing the Airbnb route, uh, taking away a lot of your landlord problems. Yep, absolutely. So it's uh, it's great to hear that from you, Tom, because we get a lot of feedback from uh, listeners who hit us up on our Instagram channel there. Uh, if you guys are not following that, we keep telling you every episode, Vacation Rental Insiders on Instagram. We do get a lot of people that reach out to us and they're like, you know, I want to get into the arbitration. How in the world do I convince these owners to even work with me? Like, why would they let me? Why would anybody who I don't know, you know, just go ahead and let me rent their property as an Airbnb when they could do it themselves? Well, first point, they can't do it themselves or they would be. Right. <laughs> okay. That's number one. Number two, I, and I've impressed this on you guys before. I'm going to repeat it again. Tom and I did not meet two and a half years ago when I started Airbnb and property his. I've been his rental property manager for 12 years. That I had a portfolio of rental properties when I decided to start doing Airbnb to those properties. But I also started in my own property, properties I own. So I got my feet wet. Now, listen, if you guys live in a one or two bedroom apartment or a three bedroom apartment and you've got a spare room, get a listing in a third room, start listing that room at 35 or $40 a night, get your feet wet, start learning what it takes, become a super host. At that point, you have a little bit of a quote unquote resume to share with a property owner that you meet. You need to sell yourself as a property manager. You cannot walk up to a stranger and say, Hey, I see your house is for rent. I'd like it to rent it at a lower amount. Um, I'm going to sign a two-year lease with you. I'm going to guarantee you seamless rent. And uh, uh, by the way, I'm Airbnb or VRBO and, and uh, I'll give you what's, you know, I'll give you your rent that way. They're not going to do that. You have to sell yourself as a property manager. I will manage this property for you. I will guarantee you seamless rent. Are you okay with me doing short-term rentals? And be upfront with them. And as I've always stated, and I, I, this is probably the hundredth time I've said this, um, don't ever do it behind the owner's back. Oh, no. You ever go behind the owner's back, it doesn't matter how much you know him. If I had done this without telling Tom and he found out later, we'd have a problem in our friendship because we don't just go beyond the 12 years that I've been managing his property. I've known this guy for 23 years, 22 years now. So we are friends before he owned property and happened to use my services as a rental property manager. So our friendship would have ended had I lied. (laughs) Exactly. So don't do that with anybody, whether it's a stranger or a friend or someone you have a business relationship, transparency is key here. Okay. Um, All right. So anything to add, Lucas? No, that was all pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Very good. So one last time, Tom, would you recommend to owners who maybe a potential property manager is having them listen to this episode? Would you recommend to owners to give it a try? I would definitely give it a try. It's a, it's a great way to go and takes away some of the headaches of being a landlord. Very good. I appreciate it, man. Tom, thanks for your time. Uh, As usual, everybody uh, like, and subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate it when you do that. It helps other good, uh, good people like yourselves find us in the meantime, go on Instagram, follow us. And uh, in the meantime, be the best host you can be and go get that money. Go get that money. Thanks for listening to the Vacation Rental Insiders podcast. Please remember to rate us so other smart people just like you can find us. And hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be the best host you can be.